The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Oh man, what a great privilege. Thank you so much everyone and what a joy it is for us to be here. Faith Hill is our home. So we're part of the furniture and we just want to appreciate <laughs> We want to appreciate Pastor Tafara and Pastor T in their absence. Man, what a great blessing. They are not only our pastors but also our friends and our families and man, they've just been a great blessing to us. And I know you are also partaking of that blessing as well. So it's really a great privilege for us to be here. And man, what a privilege it is for them to be away and for the work to still be carrying on. That's true leadership. That even in your absence, the work can still go on. You know, he doesn't have to worry about Pastor Henry if he's doing the right things that he's not here. (laughs) But we want to appreciate Pastor Henry as well, the leadership for also. Amen. Mama Bertha and obviously Sis Jabu and just the whole team for just embracing us the way that you guys always do. We are humbled and we are truly, truly grateful. Amen. Man, I'm excited to share with you today and I know you will be blessed because it is the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 And I'm, I'm really hoping that you leave here today having been stirred up and more than anything else, the purpose of this message is that your appetite and your taste buds for work will come alive. You see, everything great in life starts from the root. And to every place, there's also a path. To every place, there's a way to the place. Amen? So if you want to go to Durban, there's a way to get to Durban. But there are also many ways to get to Durban, but there's also the best way to get to Durban. Amen? The scripture says, many are the ways of a man, but the Lord's counsel is that which stands. And Jesus said, I am the way. So while there are many ways of man, there's also the way of God. But the way and the path you take will determine how you arrive and the place you arrive. And I say this many times that, you know, in life you crawl, you crawl through life through common sense. I know of many who have certificates, degrees beyond the thermometer. But they are crawling and they are bound that the degrees has not made them good. Common sense only makes common of man. You walk, you crawl through common sense, you run by principles, but you only fly by divine instructions. The scripture says, who are those who fly like the doves? And it is only by divine instructions do we fly. By divine instruction. Folks, one word from God is worth a whole life. Just one word. That's what the scripture says. We go from strength to strength. Those who appear before the Lord in Zion. Just one word. So what I want to share today, obviously, designer life is coming up. And the theme is destined to succeed. Let me humble you. In the mind of Christ, you're already a success. It's too late. You're already a success. 
But the invitation is, will you come in agreement to what his will for you? Or will you not come in agreement with it? He's loved the whole world, but the reason why you are here is because you've, you've honored that invitation. You've accepted the invitation. He's died for the whole world. But those who are not experiencing him are those who have rejected that invitation. So oftentimes I tell people, I'm not concerned about you knowing that God loves you. Because he loves the whole world. The question is, do you believe it and do you know it? And there's a difference. He loves the whole world. Amen? He loves the whole world. And so the invitation is, hey, will you embrace the fact that I've declared over you that you are successful? You see, there, was, there were two men in the Bible. The one is called Paul Lazarus. The guy went to heaven, but he lived the most pathetic life on earth. He went to heaven. But whilst he was alive, he was the most poorest, the most stinkiest, filthy, pathetic guy. And then there's Abraham. He also went to heaven, but he lived heaven on earth. Man, I've been poor. I've had a little. And it's better to have a little than to be poor. I'm tempted to say I'm rich. Let me repeat that again. I've been poor. (laughs) Eh? I've been poor and I've been rich. Don't come to me after the service and ask me for <laughs> Oh, glory. You always try to refrain from stuff, you know? Because you don't want people coming to you after service. Can I please have maybe, you know, five, maybe two million US dollars? But I want to be like Abraham. Amen? And so in the different seasons of my life, the Lord just deals with me on certain things. And there was a time where he wanted to really helped me get an understanding of my identity in him. And also came a season where he he made known to me the things that he's made available to me. Amen? Amen. But some, I would say about three years now, he's now on a journey with me where he says, no, don't just settle for knowing what I have for you and rest that they are inside you. But now I want you to experience the realities of what I've made available to you. What that means is this. Don't tell me I've got healing, but it's in my spirit. I want healing to be the expressions of my life. I don't want to know that I've got healing on the inside, but I'm sick physically. Don't tell me I am rich, but it's in my spirit. It begins with you knowing that you are rich. It's in your spirit. But the heart of the Father is that you and I will progress to a place where the realities of the richness, the riches, becomes my life's order. Don't tell me I've got peace, but you are the most angry person alive. So how do we allow the peace of the Lord that is inside us to become our experiences, that even in the storm we can still sleep and still be at peace? You know, Christians say, no, I've got the peace of the Lord until a storm comes. <laughs> Something is wrong with the picture. It's good that you, it begins with you knowing, but the heart of the Father is that you will experience. Amen. Amen. So what I want to share today is to help you experience the treasures, the riches, the abundance of what God has placed on the inside. Amen. Amen. So if you go to Exodus chapter 11, verse 3, we, we see how the man Moses became very great. Amen? He was very great. And then Psalms 103 verse 7, he says, And the Lord made known his ways to Moses. 
And so it was the ways of the Lord that was made known to Moses was what made him great. That's why those who know the ways of the Lord end up causing the waves of life. I know God's mind in this situation. I apply myself to it and I get the result. But my people are destroyed for the lack of. But those who know their God, they shall be strong and do great exploit. Not minor, but great exploit. So greatness, the greatness of great men is the result, the fruit of them knowing the ways of the Lord. You know, it says, man, the wealth of the Lord, how does the blessings of the Lord makes one rich? They are blessings that make you rich without sorrow. But they are also riches that comes with sorrow. But I'm talking about the ones that comes without sorrow. Amen. Amen. So the heart of this is really to really stir you up to help you leave this place with a new appetite for work. You see, the bridge between your future, your present and your future is what I call diligence. The bridge between your present and your future is called diligence. So if you don't want to be indigent in life, then you better start being diligent now. There are many in their 60s who have become liabilities to their children because they never, they were not diligent. I said to someone, I'd rather ride a bicycle in my 20s, my 30s, and drive a Rolls Royce in my 70s. Then to drive a Mercedes Benz in your 30s and you ride bicycles at the age of 70. <laughs> Wisdom is profitable. Wisdom is profitable. But we must be diligent to take our place. So success is a done deal. God has made up his mind because you are the light of the world, the salt of the world. He's giving you all the... Let me say this. By the reason of our redemption, you are so packaged with the abilities of heaven never, never to fail or to lose in life. Hmm. Oh. Say, greater is he on the inside than he who is in the world. So you have all greatness. The greatness in you is far greater than anything in this life. Anything in this life. So let's go to Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5 to 10. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5 to 10. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance. It's good to persevere in life. To perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, he says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Let's end it off. He says, Therefore, brethren, even, he said, be even more diligent. We started to be all diligent. Now, be more diligent to make your call and election sure. Here's the thing. You've been called. You've been elected. In the mind of Christ, you are, you are a success. But it is our responsibility now to make that success a sure thing. Yes, yes, yes. You are called. You've been elected. Amen. 
It is your responsibility, my responsibility to make the call and the election sure. You know, the scripture says, study to show yourself approved. You know why? Because God has already approved you. The reason why I say God is not going to study for you. It's my responsibility to study. And the reason why I study is to show myself, Isaac, that God has approved you. You know, some of us are not the best food on the menu. Oh. You know, the scripture says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Some of us, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. For some of you, when you walk into a room, all eyes are turned on you. Some of us, when we walk in the room, all eyes are turned away. And so we have to encourage ourselves. But the reason why I encourage myself and I study to show myself approved is to study to tell myself, boy, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Barate Tushka. Boy, you are the apple of his eyes. I need to study to show myself. The reason why I show myself is so that when somebody comes and says you are of no use. It requires diligence. 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 It is the language of champions and the secret of champions. Diligence. Diligence. No lazy man has made a mark in life. No lazy person has ever made it to the top. And if you know that Christianity is about making a mark, making a difference, as a light and the salt of the world, what that means is Christianity is not for lazy people. We must be diligent. So this is the practical side of how do I experience the success that God has already declared over my life. I must be diligent. I must be diligent. I must be diligent. And so diligence is a spiritual virtue. Amen? Generated by the Spirit. Because I know in the grace camp, when you talk about work, people's antenna goes high. But I'll show you through through scriptures how grace is looking for opportunity to work and to labor through you, to take you beyond what physically you cannot do and go where you cannot go. Diligence. 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 And so what is diligence? Number one, diligence. It is the persistent the determined and the constant and the earnest effort to complete an assignment or a task. The persistent, the determined, the constant and the earnest effort to complete a task. And so the basic definition for diligence is simply hard work. Working hard is the cure to flying high in life. Working hard is the key to flying high in life. And working hard is also the cure to living a hard life in life. Working hard. Hard workers don't live a hard life. We might be in the same pot, but we are different meat. I'm taking that one. Eh? I was driving the one day on the highway, it was raining cats and dogs, and all of a sudden it was dry. The Lord said to me, you can live in the same city, but have different experiences. It might be dry in somebody's house, but your house, it will be raining abundantly. So just because you are saying economy is going down, 
not everybody is experiencing economy going down. Amen. When they say there's a casting down, we say there's a lifting up. Why? Because we know who is on our side. We might be in the same pot. Hallelujah. Only hard workers end up high flyers. Let's go to Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. But this is when the disciples had got into a point where the church was now growing. And so they had to appoint people and make some changes. They had to appoint people to serve the tables. For what purpose? He says, but we will give ourselves continually. Diligence. Continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Continually. They didn't just visit. They gave themselves continually. No wonder why they had the impact that they had. Continually. That's diligence. The worship team, you practice continually. No wonder why the sound is so anointed. And I can tell you that there will be a big difference with a team of band that practice continually than those who come once in a while and show up to sing. <laughs> I'm just bringing it home. Continually. Continually. Number two, what is diligence? To be, to be a tireless worker. To be diligent means to be a tireless worker. There's a story in Genesis chapter 26 about the man Isaac. The Lord spoke to him and so he had to dig some wells. So he dug the first one, and the Philistines came, they closed it. He went on again to dig the second one, they came, they closed it. He kept going until that word was fulfilled. Some of us, after the first attempt, we give up. But because he was diligent, he was tireless. Not to give up until he sees the result that God has promised him. To be diligent means to be tireless in your work. You give yourself entirely whatever God has called you to and committed to you. So if you are to be singing in the band, give yourself entirely. Give yourself entirely. Find ways and opportunities to improve on yourself to be the best in what God has called you to. There's a man called... So two things I enjoy doing in, in life. I love watching houses. My wife used to complain, you're always watching houses. Today she's benefiting from me watching houses. <laughs> I said, because I like to see things. The scripture says, as far as your eyes can see. We were watching those houses, putting it together, getting an architect to draw when we didn't have no, cobo, no money. <laughs> I saw a principle in the Bible and I applied myself to it. Pastor C said, man, when you go to their house, it's like they are top billing people. Anyway. <laughs> but you have to. You have to. So I enjoy watching houses because I like to take from here, add to this. I like to create my own space. And then the second thing I enjoy doing is watching the biographies of successful people, especially sports people because I was a sportsman. Now, if you watch the biography of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, it will amaze you. At 2.30 a.m. when you are snowing at your highest and your plateau and the peakest, <laughs> you know what they are doing? They are sharpening their craft. 2 a.m. in the morning. You are busy snowing. <laughs> you are buying t-shirts with their name. They are cashing in the money. You complain about them whether they're good or not. They get the money and they walk so calmly, so cheaply without any effort. 
because they've been diligent. There's a guy called Lionel Messi. Man, it's amazing to watch people when they watch that guy. He amazes them with the skills. It didn't just happen. And so behind everything working, there's somebody at work. This church is where it is because there are people who gave themselves tirelessly and were diligent working behind the scenes. There are cameras all over. People have been here since 7 a.m. to get the place ready for this moment. Diligence. Diligence. Oh, Messi can have your signature. You see, he walks so calmly, <laughs> smiling. You scream, you make noise, he's cashing the money. <laughs> he lives in the mansion, you stay. <laughs> <laughs> Diligence. <laughs> Folks, it is very expensive and very costly not to be diligent in life. Very expensive. Very expensive not to be diligent. When you are diligent in what you've been called to do, man, it pays. It pays. Number three, what is diligence? Diligence is to be creative and innovative in your work. Working daily to identify better ways of improving. How can I get better? How can I do better? How can I do better? How can I get better? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Paul makes one of the biggest statements in the Bible. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So firstly, he recognizes that it is only by God's grace that he's what he is. And that's where we should all be. It shouldn't be, hey, I'm so great. No. No, it's only by God's grace. Many are taking tablets to sleep. Nobody takes tablet to wake up in the morning. It's by God's grace. It's by God's grace. Nobody takes tablets to wake up. By the grace of God, you are alive this morning. That's why you wake up every morning. Father, thank you for another day. Without no pills with side effects. But he recognizes grace. And he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this is what every one of us should be saying. When we got married, I said to Nalene, I am saying right from the beginning that nothing about our lives should ever be credited to ourselves. Oh, that's a good place to be. When you see our life, you should be saying, there's no way that these two can do this. You see, that blesses my heart because it gets credit to God. Don't cut your clothes according to your size, but according to his size. What that means is this. Don't depend on your qualification because it can only take you a certain point. But if you depend on him and his abilities, he will take you further than where qualifications can take you. Amen? You know, growing up, they told us, no, cut your clothes according to your size. So if you had 200 rand, you plan within 200 bucks. God said, no, you cut your clothes according to my size. Man, it was a world of possibilities where we started dreaming big and seeing big things in life. Where we are today on paper, we don't qualify. On paper, no. But in God, yes. You dare believe God and your life will never be the same. So my heart is to provoke and to challenge us not to live below our privileges in Christ. But it will require us to be diligent. 
in you studying to show yourself that you have been approved by God. But he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. You know what that means? It means grace can be in vain in one's life. But he's saying that his grace was not in vain in my life. How and why? He says, because I labored. I labored. I worked more than ye all. I don't know how many people were the ye. But he had the boldness to say that by the grace of God, I labored. Or by the grace of God, his grace was not in vain in my life because I labored the ye all. But in the labor, it wasn't him laboring physically. It was the grace of God that was laboring in him. And so grace, if you understand it, you know, people, in the beginning when we started preaching the grace of God, they said, no, you've given us license to go and sin. You see, they never understood grace. To the point where now people think grace means don't just be passive. You see, when you understand the grace of God, it will teach you not to sin. When you understand the grace of God, it will empower you to work beyond yourself. Let me say this. You don't get tired because of how much you do. You get tired from the place where you are working from. Hmm. I know people that are tireless in their work. Pastor Chipo is one of them. She's a banker. She's a mother. She's a pastor. I mean, she's a... It's grace. Carrie Pickett and Womack to come up with TV programs every day. You better be diligent. But here's the thing. It's effortless because they've learned to learn the rhythms of grace and how to ride the waves of the Holy Spirit. So when you think you are supposed to be resting, they are so refreshed they don't feel any tiredness because grace is working in them. Let me say this to you. The grace of God is simply God's ability God's anointing, God's giftings, God's endowment. But grace minus diligence equals disgrace. As great as His grace is available to you and I, if you don't add labor to grace, the grace will be in vain. It will only cause you disgrace. Someone said the wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. You know why? Because men are seated with potentials, abilities, and giftings that they were not diligent in bringing out. Diligence. Diligence. We must be diligent to take our place in life and to do the things that God has called us to do. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11. The scripture says, be diligent to enter into your rest. How do I, how, why should I be diligent? The King James Version says, labor into your rest. Labor into your rest. Be diligent to enter into your rest. The rest God has given us will require diligence for you and I to enter into that rest. Right? So when the doctor tells you, hey, you've got six months to live, and the symptoms are all over your body, but the Bible tells you that you will live to fulfill the number of your days. By his stripes, you've been healed. You know what? The symptoms are staring at you as you see them on your body. The Bible is telling you something that you have in your spirit. It takes diligence to keeping your focus on what is inside than what is on the outside. To enter into the rest of what is inside. Diligence. I choose to believe the word and not the symptoms. I choose to believe the opinion of God, not the opinions of man. 
Oh man, I told you some of us when are not the best food on the menu. Oh, they saw they said many things to us. But you saw in the scriptures the mirror of God's word, and God revealed things to you. Some of you might not have the qualifications, but I see in the word and he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it empowers me, it enables me to seek opportunities that are even beyond my qualifications. And I walked in there boldly because God says so. But you have to be diligent to get in that word rooted in your heart. If not, man can say things that can cause you to collapse in life. And so everything God has spoken concerning you will always call for diligence. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38 Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The scripture says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Hear this. Who went about, not sit around. <laughs> After he was anointed. Some people think, no, because they're anointed, because they've been promoted, now it's time to relax. No. The anointing, the grace, the endowment, the empowerment is for you and I to go about, to put it to work. I'll show you later on, he says, how God, how Jesus was working with them, confirming the word. You see, he works with those who work. He was working with them. He's a worker. He's a worker. And if you read the scriptures carefully, you will notice that people that Jesus appointed were always appointed at the place of their work. If you read the scriptures properly. Everyone God appointed was always at the place of work. He saw Peter at the sea mending his net. He saw his diligence, the passion, his faithfulness. He said, man, if I could get this boy, I would make him a fisher of men. You remember when Samuel went to anoint David? When he got to the house, his brothers you know, came and they paraded themselves. They shaved, they put on their best suit that day, I'm sure. Samuel comes to the house, he said, Jesse... Are you sure you don't have another son? He said, oh, yes. There he is, tending the sheep. There he is, working. When these other ones were parading. (laughs) There he is, working. You know what Samuel said? He said, please go and call him, and we will not sit until he comes. Oh, they will wait for you. They will wait for you. Until you come. They will wait for you. It pays to be diligent, guys. It pays to be diligent. So what are we saying? Growing up, they said to us, an idle man is a devil's workshop. An idle man is a devil's workshop. If you are slothful, you will miss your slot in life. If you are lazy, you'll be laid aside. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. The King James Version, please. Proverbs 22, verse 29. It says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings and not mere men. So diligence will actually upgrade you or upgrade your association. Kings will become your clients because of diligence. He said, you stand before kings and not mere men. So they are mere men, no? <laughs> but you know, you and I are kings and priests. 
Amen. But diligence will upgrade even your association. Diligence. You stand before kings, not mere men. Diligence will upgrade your association. Diligence will put you before great men. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. It says, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. And so diligent people end up as rulers in life. Oh. We have a friend who studied to be a lawyer. For five years, he hasn't gotten a job. He's been so frustrated. In the beginning, we will help, we will help. But I got to a point when I said, no, 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 no. I said, oh, yeah, come, let's have a chat. <laughs> and I said, have you ever considered, you know, maybe going to look for something at McDonald's or even something? He says, no, 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 no. My qualification is too much for McDonald's. I said, hey. it was the last time. It was the last time I helped. I said, I can't help you. I said, I can't help you. You'd rather stay unemployed because of your degree in law and be starving than putting your head to something. I said, I can't help you. <laughs> can't help you. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Proverbs 14, 23. It says, in all labor, 14, 23, in all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. In all labor there is profit. Anything you labor or anything you are diligent with, will always profit you. Anything you, will be, you make a conscious decision to labor or to be diligent with will always profit you. He says, in all labor, there's profit. Right? But an idle chatter, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Stop chatting at work and work. <laughs> Stop chatting at work that's why they are always on the floor. That's why they are so in poverty. The money is finished before the end of the month. Because they are chatting the whole time at work instead of realizing that, hey, these hours have been paid for. I'm being paid for these hours. Put yourself to work. Don't let the time wasters of life waste your time. Instead of working, they are talking. They know everything about everybody. They know any, everything about everybody. From the CEO to the lady who cleans, they know everything about them. Idle chatter leads to poverty. Stop chatting and work. Man, it pays to work, I tell you. It pays to work. <laughs> oh, glory. Let's, let's, okay, let's go to John chapter 4, verse 34. Let's look at Jesus, the Father, and how they, are, they themselves are also diligent in what they do. John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. It gives you an idea of how diligent he was. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. My food is to do the work of the people who have employed me. And not only to start, but also to finish this thing. The master was diligent. He was diligent. John chapter 9, verse 4. He says, I must work the work of him who sent me whilst it is still day. I must work. He was diligent. Luke chapter 2 verse 49. This would be good to, to read. Luke chapter 2 verse 49. He says, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He says, why are you seeking me? Why are you coming to waste my time? Do you not know 
that I must be about my father's business. You know what he's saying? He says, you are supposed to know that I'm diligent for you to come in to wasting my time doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing right now. You see, you need to communicate your values to people so that, you know, when people come to you and they gossip and you give them the time to gossip, they will go and gossip about you as well. But when they come and you tell them no, the next time they want to gossip, they will not come to you because they know your values. He says, do you not know that I must be doing my father's business? Why do you come to me now? He was diligent. And diligent people don't waste their time. Diligence. <laughs> and so let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The first assignment God gave man was work. The first assignment. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, from the King James Version, please. From the King James Version. And the Lord said, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden. For what purpose? To dress and to keep it. To dress and to keep it, to work. To dress and to keep it. And so whatever you dress will dress you. The work you dress will dress you. The work you keep will keep you. Some people, because they were not diligent, they were fired. Now they've got, they're not being kept. You are here because you are dressed up here because you dress your work and they paid you money to get the clothes that you are dressed in. If you dress your work well, your work will dress you. If you keep your work well, your work will keep you. Diligence. Diligence. <laughs> diligence. So let's look at a few characteristics of the diligence. Characteristics of diligent people. Number one, diligent people are always eager and excited to work no matter the level of the work. <laughs> no matter the level of the work. What that means is, I might have a title as a director with the responsibilities of a director. But if they need somebody to clean the toilet, I'll be the first one. And I'll clean it with all the passion on the inside of me. So clean that I'll see my black face in that pot. No matter. But you do so excitedly because it's not about title. And I want to encourage the man that even for designer life, man, I'm coming. Let's go out and let's save the ladies. Be diligent. Diligent people. Amen. Diligent people. They do, they are excited, eager to do whatever. Whatever, whatever. No matter the level of the work we are meant to be doing. So put your doctor title at home, your lawyer title at home, your taxi driver title at home. Amen. And let's just do what is needed in the time. Let's go to First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 7. And I will encourage you to underline this verse if you don't have it underlined. It's one of my favorite scriptures. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 7. It says, and let it be when these signs come up to you, we cut in the middle of the story, that you do as the occasion demands. Why? For God is with you. You see, people who understand and have a genuine relationship with the Lord in knowing that God is with them, they do as the occasion demands. Whatever is needed to be done now, I know because God is with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Don't let your titles limit and hinder you in life. <laughs> they do as the occasion demands. So if the occasion requires us to pack the chairs, that's what we are going to do. If the occasion demands that we stand by the gate and greet people coming in, that's what we are going to do. Why? Because we know that God is with us. Amen. Let me say this. 
the grace of God, God gives us grace for you and I to be who he's called you to be. He also gives you grace to do what he's called you to do. So if the occasion demands that you are to stand in front of the gate to welcome people, he, you've got grace to do that. You see, the invitation is given. Will you take it? Oh, I'm shy. No, no, no. If I gave you $20 million, the shyness would disappear. <laughs> and so diligent people are people that do not waste their time. They are mindful of their time and they don't waste it. Amen? They are mindful of their time and they don't waste it. So whatever is committed to you, whether at work, at church, please give it your best. Give it your best. You see, David was tending the sheep. He was so faithful. He was so diligent with it. So diligent. God said, man, if this guy can fight best and lion for a few sheep. If he can lay his life down. How many of you, if you're taking care of maybe two chickens and the lion came wanting to eat that chicken? <laughs> few chickens. Eh, much? You're busy taking care of two chickens and you see a lion coming. But he was willing to lay down his life. What that means is when people come to gossip, you don't join them in gossiping. When they come to complain, you don't join them in complaining. With the little that you have. And God saw him and he said, man, let me give him the big stage. You know what happened when he got the big stage? This will humble you to, to enjoy the season you are in. When God gave him the big stage, he didn't do anything different but the same thing he had been doing with the few sheep. You see, what you do in the few is key for the great. You see, wherever you are today is the least of what God has in store for you. But be diligent with the least because your diligence in the season is what will open doors for you in the future. Number two, what does it require for us to be diligent? Pay attention to what you do. You must be focused. You cannot work or do things haphazardly. Be focused. Give it your best. Amen? Amen. Give it your best. Man, I remember those, there were dark times that we only had one shoe. I don't want to tell what was underneath or the, at the bottom of the shoe. It had a big hole. But I polished and I shined that shoe. Man, I tell you, you walk out every day I'm blessed of the Lord. And then one day in praise and worship, I knelt down. <laughs> when I was caught in the spirit, I forgot everything around me. And then when I came back, I, I said, you. <laughs> but take care of the things that you have. You know, I remember, I tell this, and the students always love when we share this. But I remember when I felt called you know, into ministry. I didn't know in what capacity, what it was, but I knew that God had called me the purpose. And I remember every week I would prepare a message, 40 minutes. And I lived in a one bedroom at the time here in Joburg. And every week I would put my spaghettis, I would throw them in the room. And then I would take maybe five baked beans or pilchard, something different to the spaghettis. And I'll say, this is Andrew Womack, this is Kenneth Copeland, this is Pastor Ray Macaulay. This is Bishop David Oedepo. 
This is Creflo Dollar. These were men that had great influence in my life. And then I'll preach to the spaghettis and I'll tell the spaghetti, shall we put our hands together for in the warm-up today? <laughs> I will preach a 40-minute message every week without no fail to spaghettis. You see, today you are my spaghettis. <laughs> What you do behind closed doors is what revealed. You see, when, they, when Messi comes and he's placed and he's doing all these things that you are so excited about, it didn't just start then. He's been diligent and be laboring when you are sleeping. What are you doing right now that is to expose and to reveal you to your world? You see, nobody has to see Nobody saw David when he was taking care of the sheep and fighting with the lions. Some people, everybody has to see. Nobody has to see. We had one. He will not tell you about the long nights they put in to preparing the message just for you. I know that because when it's Christmas, to cook all those meals, you must see the mothers and the wives the night before. When it's time to eat and you are busy licking your finger, <laughs> Oh, this is wonderful. This is nice. Somebody labored the whole night. You see, when you understand the grace of God, it empowers you to go beyond yourself. To go beyond yourself. What are we saying in conclusion? To be diligent, a diligent person is one who starts and finishes what they put their hands to. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. Please underline this if you've never seen this in the Bible. It says, and in this, Paul is speaking to Corinthians. He says, in this I give an advice. So he's giving them an advice. And he says, it is to your advantage. It is to your advantage. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago. Verse 11. But now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also must be a completion. Many start, not many finish. Oh, God told me to come, and then two months they are gone. Oh, did God change his mind? He's the Alpha and the Omega. He starts, he's the beginning and the finisher. And I believe that's what he's put in us. Amen? To be people that not only start something, but also finish. So what is the dream that God placed on your heart that you've put on the shelf? Because maybe somebody did something wrong or something didn't come through. Be diligent with that thing. Be diligent with that thing. It is very expensive and very costly not to be diligent. And all that I'm saying is, don't let the grace of God be in vain. Don't just be happy knowing that grace is available. Grace is meant to empower you so that you can put it to work. You are not tired because of how much you are doing. You are tired from the place where you are working from. If it's in your flesh, you're going to be very tired. But if you can learn and recognize the abilities that God has placed on the inside of you, even when somebody hurts you, 
Grace wants to express himself through you for you to forgive that person. That's grace at work. Grace is always seeking opportunities to reveal the Christ in you. He's always seeking opportunities. Always seeking opportunities. I said to the students yesterday, man, there's a place in the Father's love where you've grown into that it doesn't matter if people apologize or don't apologize. Who cares if they don't apologize? You see, God wants you to get ahead and not to get even. When you want people to apologize, you are just wanting to get even. But God has placed on the inside of you. In Matthew chapter 5, he tells, he speaks to the disciples and he said, it was said in the past that you must love your enemies, love your neighbors, and hate your enemies. And then he comes and says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Huh? Love your enemies. Pray for those. He said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Excuse me? Love my enemies. Bless those who curse me. We are busy, you know, calling fire, 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 fire. <laughs> Back to sender. <laughs> when he says, don't repay evil with evil. Back to sender. No, we've missed it. You see, there's a different spirit on the inside of you. You are so packaged with the abilities of heaven never to be broken by anything in life. Stop letting people rent a space in your head. Amen. The scripture says, greater is he on the inside than he in the world. And the greater is the love of the Father. To love people. Beyond yourself. But we must be diligent. Amen. We must be diligent. You are already a success in the heart of the Father. But the invitation is out to say, hey, will you come in alignment? Will you come in agreement to this? Amen. And that's the way that you and I get to experience the wealth and the success that is given us. Can we just stand on our feet and I'll pray for you? Man, you are a bunch of success people. Amen. You are a bunch of success people. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your grace that you've bestowed upon us as your children. I pray for an awakening in the heart of everyone here present to see the magnitude of the grace you've placed on the inside and for an awakening, Lord, where we will function, function from a place of your grace. Your grace, that is to take us beyond what we can physically do in our own strength. And so, Father, I pray for business people in this place. I pray for mothers and stay-at-home mothers in this place. I pray for everyone in this place in the different areas you've called them to be. And I thank you, Lord, that we are excelling. We are exceeding. We are going beyond the norm of what is expected and required because your grace is at work on the inside of us. We thank you. We thank you for declaring over us that we are, we are a success. And we honor you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.